Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro. Just <laughs> welcome back to Omega Level. Omega, Omega Level. Omega Level. Omega, Omega Level. Hey, how's it going? It's your boy Jersh Manhunter. Make sure you check out our social medias: Instagram Omega underscore Level underscore Podcast, and at Facebook Omega Level Podcast. Anywhere you can listen to podcasts, you can find us at Omega Level Podcast. Man, that's a lot of podcasts, but here we go. Anchor, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, sure, that's a thing, and all of the other ones. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel, Omega Level Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Fat Nick. He's Fatter Steven. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Not what I was going to say, but... He's Fattest Steven. The fattest with the... The maddest that's fat. We haven't, tru- we haven't truly seen Fat Steve. Just wait until we're on year 10 of this cast. <laughs> I'll just truly let myself go. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> I had to have two seats to myself. This table has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like uh, every time he takes a flight, he's got to book three seats. Like, I need the whole row. And we need to take all the armrests out. Yep, I'm Kevin Smith from a couple years back. Exactly, before the heart attack. <laughs> when he was doing too fat for 40. When he finally realized that he like was... Wrong when he was <laughs> mad at those attendants for telling him to buy two tickets. <laughs> 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 oh man, so we got quite a decent little bit to cover today. Yeah, we're gonna talk about the Netflix, I guess, original um, Anima, which is a little 15 minute, not like, anime, yeah, not anime like I thought. Anima, which is a little 15 minute, like short film, like musical short film by Paul Thomas Anderson and Tom York of Radiohead. Mm-hmm. We're also gonna talk about the Netflix original movie, I Am Mother. And then we're going to wrap up Mr. and Mrs. X. It's the last issue. And then we're going to start Silver Surfer Black with its first issue, which is right here. And also, Stephen picked up a signed copy of Sandman, which is pretty dope. So we had to show that off. Yeah. And uh, just to announce the news that Sandman is being adapted into a Netflix original series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be DC's most expensive TV series yet. Rumors that it's uh, north of $500 million. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. And it's actually Neil. This is why nobody else wanted to adapt. This is why HBO, when they were first like talking about, it, they're like, "Ah, eh, never mind." <laughs> we just put we all have that money this in Game, of, Game Thrones. of Thrones going. <laughs> we're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Neil Gaiman's actually getting to do it as well. Like he's like, I'm pretty sure in charge of the whole production and everything, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Like it, it should be him. It's his story. Yes. So he's going to be there to ensure that it's actually good. That's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. I'm not uh, a really a Sandman fan. I don't know anything about Sandman. I've never read it. I'm going to read it now, so I know what's going on. Yeah, before Joseph Gordon Levis is kicking himself. He's like, God, why couldn't I just? Why I couldn't I get that deal? I think he's still involved with the project. <laughs> not is he not? What, I don't think so, no. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, their efforts fell, uh, fell flat a couple years ago. Oh, man, that, yeah. that sucks. Because I assume they probably proposed the budget as well. <laughs> $500 million, <laughs> and they're like, no. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We just spent, you know, $700 billion on JGL, Game of Thrones. I don't think you've ever made that, mu- uh, like that much money for any studio in your life. No, probably not. Yeah. I mean, great actor. I love the guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> great actor. Oh, man alive. One of the most talented people I think I've seen. Dude. When I watched like a few episodes of uh, Hit Record. Dude, yeah. yeah. He's amazing, dude. I love I was him. Like, dude, this dude can play piano and sing as well? My God. <laughs> <laughs> what can this guy not do? He also learned like BMXing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like at least stunts on that bike. Never watched that movie, but I mean, that's cool. Oh, for, um, yeah, yeah, man. I can't remember what that movie's called, but what you're talking about. Yeah, you'll post it here. No. Dude, how'd you do that? I definitely won't. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I wanted to see that movie too. I never did. But yeah, I heard that he learned like how to do like the stunt work, like mm-hmm. the the race, the bike racing and stuff like that. Yeah. For it. I was like, oh, yeah, why the not? Bike parkour. <laughs> why not? Let's just yeah, let's just learn that real quick. Yeah. He went uh, Christian Bell for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm still like I'm a little bummed still that nothing ever was able to spin off out of the Batman, the Nolan trilogy with him oh, being yeah, a Robin, yeah. like getting his own solo movie. He could have been Robin, maybe even become Nightwing, yada yada. Like yeah, that'd have been so dope. I saw a post about Christian Bell the other day about like um, even though he wasn't Dick Grayson, I know, but still, yeah. 
Uh, I forgot what movie it was, like um, The Prestige or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. What he did was a little, little like uh, knuckle ring thing. I think it's The Prestige. Yeah. Okay. Apparently, people thought that was CGI, and apparently he was irritated by that because he learned a trick just to, just for that scene. Just for that one. Because he just had to do because he just had to do something like that. Wow. He couldn't gain or lose weight. So he <laughs> so he, like, yeah, he had to do something extreme. <laughs> well, that character also loses his finger, and I'm surprised he didn't just chop his finger off. He's like, <laughs> "No, we're going method, baby. <laughs> I'm Christian Bale." He goes John Wick for a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I love Christian Bale too. Yeah. He seems like he's an, an insane person. But <laughs> yeah, he's a great I was actor. Say, he seems like an intense dude. <laughs> yeah. Psycho, intense, but good actor, man. I finally watched American Psycho the other day. Have you seen that? Are you kidding me? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Really? I think his performance is one of the 20 greatest performances, male or female, of all time. I watched it the day after I read the book. The book is nuts. Yeah, the book's very nuts. I watched the movie first it's and then read the book like a year or two later. Yeah, it's 80% shopping list or just categories <laughs> of what people are wearing, which is like kind of the point of it. I heard that like uh, he or um, he put in the like the homicide scenes afterwards. Like, what, added bro, that into the, author, the book. Yeah. Brett Easton Ellis? Yeah. Did he? I don't know. If I remember correctly, doesn't the book almost definitively tell you that he was crazy? Oh, yeah. That, like, like, he didn't actually do any of it? Maybe. uh, There's certain scenes where, like, the movie is way... He's definitely, like, hallucinating some of those things. Yeah, but the movie is way more... um, Direct with it? No, not direct. I thought the movie left more up to interpret. Like, he could have done it, but he also maybe didn't do it in the movie. His performance is not how I pitch... uh, Pitcher Bateman in the book? Yeah, Yeah, not at all. But I loved it. No, it was amazing. (laughs) He was great as Bateman in that movie. The the business card scene? Amazing. It's one (laughs) one of my favorite scenes of all time in the movie. (laughs) I can't believe he thinks The Ray's Oh, my God. (laughs) He's getting so angry. (laughs) Also, if you hate Jared Leto, you get to see him get murdered in that movie. Pretty early in, so you don't have to watch all of it if yeah, you don't no. like it. You're just mad about him. Also, Joker. one of the best scenes with like him dancing to um, um, freaking Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, I love it. I was explaining <laughs> what people don't know about Huey. <laughs> He's putting on like a freaking clear raincoat and stuff. What do you call these newspapers on the yeah, floor? Yeah, I like for? how they did like those were just their own chapters where he's just talking about musicians, but they put that over certain. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Man, I haven't read that book in so long. I read that in high school. Really? Like my sophomore year. It's one of the most graphic things book is and nuts, pornographic dude. things I've ever that read. That book is nuts. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very not how I thought it would be, but uh, it's pretty good. Brittany Snell is a very creative, but he writes very disturbing work. Yeah. yeah I've also <laughs> read and seen The Rules of Attraction. He wrote that book, and it became a movie. That book is really messed up. This is the, yeah, the only book I've read by him. He's a really great author. He writes screenplays now, and I've seen like two of the movies that he wrote that are original, and mm, they oh, weren't really? as good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, no, Brett. <laughs> you All were right. so good. Well, what did you think of Anima? So, Anima... um. For those that don't know, it is on Netflix. It just came out this year. It is a 15-minute like music. It's not even. Fi- it's listed as 16 minutes, but it's like a 13-minute long thing. But it's like a musical. It's a music video. It's a p- basically <laughs> a music video. It's like a, uh, an experimental short film that is a music video. <laughs> it's a long music video. That's all I can say. It's almost like that scene in The Big Lebowski where they're watching his landlord's uh, little performance, his right? Little stage performance. Mm-hmm. As, a, as an entire 13 minutes. <laughs> yes, <set. laughs> just like that. It was very, very weird. Um, it was very existential, which I expected seeing that Tom York and Paul Thomas Anderson did it. Tom York is of Radiohead, if you don't, aren't familiar with him. I'm not a big Radiohead he fan. Music. Shouldn't even say that. I'm not a Radiohead fan at all. So I don't really care about Tom York or his music. So the music that was in it didn't really like capture me. I didn't really care. Like, It was a cool experience watching it, I guess I would say. It was very, very odd. And it kept you like... Interested the entire all the way through. I'll, I'll say there wasn't a moment where I wasn't interested. I'm thinking about watching it again. I checked the time on it twice. The first time I was eight minutes in because I was like, my God, what the heck is going it's on? When here? he was in the gutters is when I checked. I checked eight minutes in, then I, when I checked it again, it was like 11 and a half minutes in. And I was like, or no, exactly 12 minutes. It was 
like three, like five seconds before eight minutes, I watched it count to eight, and I was like, oh, wow. And then I did it again. It was exactly 12 minutes. I was like, oh, my God, it's almost over. And that's when, like, he was with the woman and stuff. Because I was just curious, like, how long is this going to go? But, <laughs> like, I think I understood what the entire thing was about. Yeah. And I just don't know if it was necessary. Like, I'm not sure if I liked it. You pointed out certain things that I didn't really get. But, yeah, I got the same, like, message. It's basically just some dude just going uh, with the repetition of life, just the mundaneness mm-hmm. of life, just riding the train, going Until to work. Until pretty much he just, like, can't take it anymore? Yeah. <laughs> he was about to lose it when uh, that little turnbuckle wouldn't let him through. Oh, no, dude. He was getting, <laughs> he was getting mad. <laughs> then he flew over it. Uh, yeah, and then, like, he goes through, like, the mundanity of life, and then he... Uh, I should also say, Josh and I spoke about this before you got here. Like, we were texting back and oh, forth really? about it, and he got most of the same things that we're saying, too. Yeah, it's pretty on the nose. Yeah, it, it, I mean... So it goes through all that stuff, and then he starts to, like, break free. And when he's breaking free, there's a scene where he's walking past all these people, and they're, like, falling down as he walks past them to, like, signify that, like, things are changing. And he's breaking free of the mundanity of society. And then he has, like, a little breakdown, I guess, as he sits down this whirlwind of he, stuff. He lost him. his social security number for Roy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's, like, all this stuff is swirling around him, and then he falls, and he literally wakes up with his face over a grate. Because he's in the gutter. And I was like, oh my God, could that be more yeah, that obvious? That was like the most obvious one. Yeah. I was just like, okay. <laughs> and then he gets up from being in the gutter and immediately meets a woman who is like his, it turns into be like his companion. And then he walks through the rest of the short, through life as normal, doing the stuff he was essentially doing before. But he's with, he has, he's found love now. So now it's like either wash that stuff away for it doesn't notice him or it doesn't matter or it made it all worth it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, sure, love conquers all. Cool. We saw him like dancing with other like people. Like in their little circle, still looking like zombies. Yeah, true. Yeah, but they so. were like zombies with companions now. Yeah, yeah. Him and her were the it's ones almost that like they're living different. in like a George Orwell novel. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was it was weird. It was unique. Uh, I definitely say it's worth your time to check it out. It's only yeah, thirteen it's minutes. minutes. Long. <laughs> like, yeah, it's thirteen minutes of actual watching. Like it's it's not. And the long. music's not bad. I mean, it's nothing amazing. If you're into Radiohead, you'll probably love the music. Yeah, it was it was all right. And you'll just think we're like, uh, we're not true musicians because we don't love it. Yeah, I mean, I don't <laughs> like Radiohead, so. Kid a I'm not overly it. familiar with the music, but like the few songs I do know, like I do like. I don't think you do. Okay. What, <laughs> like Creep? That's them, right? No, it's R.E.M. Yeah, that's, that's Creep. That's R.E.M. No, that's. Is it Radiohead? Yeah, that's Radiohead. Yeah, I, don't know. I love that song. Yeah. Uh, the best, uh, the thing I like most about Radiohead is their appearance in um, the Scott Tinnerman episode of South Park. Never seen it. <laughs> That's well. That's when he feeds Scott Tinnerman's parents to him in a bowl of chili, and he also gets uh, this. His favorite band's Radiohead, so he writes them a letter about how he has cancer and stuff, and they show up and they laugh at him because he's crying. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome! Of all and bands, actually, Radiohead laughs at and him. They voiced themselves. In that Are you episode. serious? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm always surprised at the people they get to come on and do that show. It's like be themselves. <laughs> the best cameo they've had was uh, George Clooney. When they he has and to be a part himself? of the episode, and no, they gave him the role of just doing bark noises for a dog. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> that's did. amazing. He later did in the movie. He got the voice of the doctor that told Kenny that his heart was placed was replaced with a potato, and he had about three more seconds to live. <laughs> 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 and he's like, "God damn it! It never gets any easier." And then he just whistles and just strolls off. <laughs> wow, <laughs> unreal. But yeah, let's get to uh, "I Am Mother," so another Netflix yeah, original. Another Netflix original. "I Am Mother." Uh, also was released this year on Netflix. Yeah, I think it was released like th- this month. I yeah, it wasn't very long ago. Yeah. It's a 2019 movie, and it stars an actress I've never heard of or seen before named Clara Ruggard, who was absolutely fantastic she in was this daughter. movie. Yeah, her name, her <laughs> character name is Daughter. And then there's a robot who's go- who is mother, who is mother, who was voiced by the actress Rose Byrne. Do you know who that is? 
It sounds familiar. Okay, so uh, have you seen Get Him to the Greek? Yes. She's in <laughs> that? Was she the, um, was she the pop star? She's the wife. The okay. pop star wife or whatever of okay. Russell Brand. Well, she left him. Like, she was his ex, right? I think so. The one singing Ring Around the Rosie or whatever? She's she talking about her asshole? Yes. Yes, I'm pretty sure that's her. I think she's also in Neighbors, right, with Seth Rogen. She's his wife. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Okay. Yeah, that's I Rose Burns. She did the voice for Mother. Wow, she did a great job. Yeah, it's an awesome job in mm-hmm. the voice acting work. And then Hilary Swank is also in it as the character Woman. <laughs> and she did an amazing job. Fantastic performance by her. So Steve and I were speaking right before this. Uh, we started to do this podcast. This movie was absolutely not what either one of us expected it to yeah. be at all. Like, neither one of us watched the preview. We just kind of read the description, saw the picture. We're like, that sounds cool. I was like, this looks great. Yeah, <laughs> let's watch this. We were both expecting some very surreal, like, existential, really out there, like, movie. And I was trying to outsmart the movie the whole time. I was, too. The movie is not <laughs> that whatsoever. It's a very straightforward story. Yes. Like, I couldn't say straightforward. Like, it is kind of surreal in parts. I guess there's like a partial little twist. Like the, the story is surreal itself. Like the movie's not filmed surreal. It's filmed very realistic. It was well shot. I liked it. it. Extremely well shot. Mm-hmm. It's filmed very realistically, but it's very, the story at times is kind of surreal with, with what it's doing. And yeah, there is one kind of, I guess, twist in it, though they definitely give you enough information right before it's revealed to know what they're about. I thought it was obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't catch it because I was w- trying to outsmart the movie. So I'm thinking about all this other <laughs> he's, stuff it he's could thinking be. way above. Yeah, me. I'm way out of what they were actually trying to do. <laughs> So, like, I don't want to go through the movie from, like, point to point, like, A to B or whatever. I don't want to do all that. Well, dude, I got my bullet points. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the plot of the movie is that the human, like, the very beginning of the movie tells you that there's been some extinction event. And there are no more humans left alive. And then you see the robot mother taking these, em- like, an embryo out of all these other embryos. and There's, like, 36,000, I think, is what the number yeah, was. Yeah, and it says there's, like, 36,000 embryos on board this. And some change. This, this area that we're in. We mm-hmm. don't know what they're in. I thought they were in a spaceship. You don't yeah, know. That's what I was kind of suspecting. Yeah, you don't know for the longest time what the, where they're actually at. Like, do 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 find out. They well, tell until you until they have a, you know they find the mouse. Yeah, so that, yeah. But then, uh, so then they uh, she puts the embryo in this like thing, and it's like twenty four hours late. It has a twenty four hour countdown. It's gonna birth this not birth, but it's growing like it's in a womb. Yeah. This uh, embryo into being a child, and then mother raises this child. This is the test tube baby of to end all test tube babies. Right, yeah, because there <laughs> is no other, there are no other humans because it's like humans, zero, zero, zero. Yes. <laughs> it, there are none left. Until you see her growing up with mother. Mm-hmm. And it's finally, it's one. There's one human. Yeah, and that, like once she goes to sleep at one night, it's like like humans or something like that goes zero, zero, one. <laughs> <laughs> there is one of them now. I did think it was very sweet how they shot like her childhood with mother. I thought it was awesome too. Yeah. It just looked like. She put stickers all over because that's what children do. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> It was very much felt like that could have been a person instead of a robot, and it would have felt the exact same. Like they did an awesome job of like humanizing the yeah. robot. A very good job of I that. I kept looking at her though, and like she, her head at least reminds me of Gladys. Okay, I was about to mention. So you know, there's a ton of portal references in this, right? Really? She offers her cake multiple times. Well, do you want cake? The cake that's is a portal. lie, though. Yeah, there was no cake. I know there was a cake, but, but there was a cake. But it's, that's a portal reference. She looks like Gladys was the portal reference. She's also snarky at times and has comedy that doesn't oh, really not, hit. Not like, nearly as snarky as Gladys. No, but like <laughs> she's also snarky at times. And there's that one point in the freaking thing in the movie where uh, daughter, you see her with her jumpsuit, which is a red jumpsuit, and she's got the top part tied around her waist, and she's wearing a like a white uh, tank top, the exact uniform that like your character shell. in Portal's wearing. Yeah, yeah shell. But she talks. True, but still. <laughs> she doesn't respond to like, what's your name by jumping? <laughs> She's like, all right, you jumped. All right, you're responsive at least. Yeah, there's a lot of portal references in this, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, if they would have popped a portal gun out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> like, this movie this would have been portal? the greatest thing ever. <laughs> the movie is actually the prequel to Portal. God, out of 
I'd have been so happy. That'd have been nuts. I'd have freaked <laughs> out. Have you seen the Portal short film? No, oh, dude, it's astounding. Amazing, yeah. dude. Oh my god, I love it. That dude needs to make movies. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that person that made that is the person that made that hardcore Henry movie, but it could be wrong. I haven't heard anything about that. Could be wrong. I finally watched Hardcore Henry this year. It's yeah. about what I thought. <laughs> is it just like entertaining, mindless action, or does the gimmick get old? It gets old. Does it? Yeah, that's what I was afraid of. I don't, I didn't know if I could stand that for 90 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I fell asleep. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> that's what I was worried about. That's why I've never watched it. I was like, man, am I going to care about this gimmick for 90 I minutes? I think Marion actually liked it more than I did because she stayed up and finished it and then... <laughs> then went to sleep? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, I'm just too tired. I, I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah. Let's get back to talking about Mother. So, what did you want to talk about with your... Uh, you said you made bullet points? <laughs> your things that you... Oh, I'm serious. Did you, no, I'm just joking. Oh, I said, do you have things that you want to specifically touch on? No. It's... The ending is kind of what let me down a little bit, but like then you I said see more that. about like your thoughts on it. I was like it made it a little bit better, mm-hmm. but um, I loved the ending, but I loved what I got from it. You know what I mean? And I can I was see a how someone disappointed. Can get like spoilers uh, if you yeah. haven't watched this ever Mad before. Spoilers. I know there's usually like ten spoilers like on the tag for on every the fucking video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so if you haven't gotten the point now, all right. Um, I was disappointed that like she went and, like, you know, she sacrificed that one body. She sacrificed the mother body. To like let her live, and then mm-hmm. like she just uses one of those other uh, dozer bodies. Oh yeah, so she's not. I hated dead. the term dozer. I did too, because the first like few times she said it, I didn't know what the fuck she was saying. <laughs> and I was like, what? What is she saying? Like I couldn't tell it was the word dozer, and then when dozer. I called it, it was dozer, I was like, is that supposed to mean something? I guess it's supposed to be because they bulldoze through people. I don't fucking know. I guess. I was also disappointed that we only got to see like the one like little like spider mech. Uh, it looks so familiar, like from some other sort of game, like. The one with the cannon on it that was drilling its Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We I want to see some more shit like that. But, um, well, it didn't have to get... It didn't yeah. need to get two Terminator. Yeah. <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as the reveal happened, it's like, okay, we killed all humans because we wanted to make a better oh, human shit. race. Mother Skynet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, oh, Terminator. Cool. All right, cool. <laughs> oh, right on. Except right they're on. not resurrecting people. Right, yeah. In Terminator, but... um, And turning him yeah, into Yeah, she just went and killed a woman. I was like, oh, come the fuck on, man. Yeah. I liked that because it was the reveal of, like, woman had a purpose. There was a reason she was allowed to live and to do what oh, she was and doing. and then as soon as she was yeah. done, like, with now her, her test. Now her purpose is over. Yeah, okay. the test is over. Daughter passed the test. She's going to raise her raise her. Not, she is the pinnacle now. of morals. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> or, like, human morals. <laughs> yeah, daughter is, the, you see her taking these tests throughout the movie, and you it's revealed later on, you find out that daughter is, like, the perfect human, essentially, like, the most perfect that you could be, right? Because she doesn't get, like, 100%. She scores, like, I think the last time you hear a test is, like, a 98.4 I think or the reason why she got a 98 yet. is because she wasn't willing to sacrifice herself in that one scenario. I think so, too, yeah. <laughs> you think that, okay. That was awesome. I loved her answer in that. So she's taking, she's, like, in school, like, doing class at mm-hmm. one point, and mother is asking her about, like, a really difficult scenario. Like, if you were a doctor and you have four patients and, like, here's some information about the patients and you can only save one, what do you do? And then, like, the daughter doesn't respond. And she was like, are you listening? And she's, she says something like, no, not really, or something like that. And she, so she asked her a different question. Like, if you're a doctor and you can save two patients, there's two patients, and you can save one of them, but you have to sacrifice yourself to do so, which one do you choose? And the daughter's answer is, like, really genius, honestly. She's like, what do I know about the people? How do I know they're not murderers or they're not, you know, like, these really awful, immoral people that are technically worse humans than I am and less beneficial to society. So by sacrificing myself, I'm actually making the wrong decision to save the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, snap. <laughs> well, I think the original question was like, this one patient has all the organs that will match all these other people for their problems. Do you let him die or do you go ahead and save him because he's going to die soon? Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's Or you're also a match for everybody and you mm-hmm. can sacrifice yourself. To, like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, she's just like, well, 
how do I know that mm-hmm. it's not the wrong choice? It's like, so I'm the doctor. I'm I like more to beneficial. think that that was the one wrong question or the one question she got wrong. Who knows? Well, you think that was the, yeah, the one she got wrong because she wouldn't <laughs> sacrifice herself? Yeah. I honestly thought that was the one she got right because it showed that her well, morality was more than just herself. It was concerning all people. She was concerned with what's mo- like, it was a very robotic response, I thought. I what's think most beneficial to all of She was learning humans. from that scenario, too. She was what? Mother was also learning, I think. In that true, scenario. true. But to me, it just seemed like that response was like, what is the most beneficial for all of humanity? Yeah. Not just this one or this one, the collective. It's a very robotic response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty common test book question for like ethics classes and mm-hmm. stuff. <laughs> and you can see when she's taking her tests, when like she finally takes that like the the final test, it's like her birthday. I'm assuming she's 18. They never say her age. Yeah. But it's like her last test for her birthday, and she gets to choose like, and then right after that, she gets to pick who she wants her brother to be. So Which I thought was a was very emotional scene. Yeah, I thought it was really like well I done. actually like um, for some reason it almost made me tear up. I was like, well, it was pretty beautiful. Yeah, it was, it was very beautiful, very sad, but it was also very like it was like bittersweet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And also in that moment when she's picking that, like I, I thought she was picking her successor. Her mother's about to kill her. For a moment, yes. For a moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. She also said there is no wrong, que- uh, wrong answer here. Oh, what, to the, yeah, to the, the choosing the, of the one, the brother, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, when you see her taking the her other test, like you can actually see like this hologram little thing, like an iPad that she's taking it on, and it very much so looks like the questions are questions you have on like job interviews. It's like. Yeah, it's the personality God. test questions. That's what the test hate was taking. Those surveys I do too. They're so annoying. But that's what reminded me when she was taking. I was like, I'd be like, Nah, bro, I'm not doing this. For a moment, that's what I thought she was doing because she's just flying through them. Yeah, I thought she was like, No, don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. A a a a a. Like, oh, she's definitely failed. No, apparently she's just a fucking genius. No, yeah, she's <laughs> just super smart. So yeah, she was like the peak of like human morality. Like mother even tells her that. I don't think she says the peak. I think she does say the perfect like. But yeah, the perfect specimen. The perfect now. specimen, right? But her test scores aren't perfect because humans are fallible, like, and there's always going to be issues with humans, which Daughter illustrates throughout this movie as woman comes into the picture, Hillary Swank's character, and it starts becoming apparent that the stuff that Mother had been raising her and telling her wasn't true. Yes. Like, she left Daughter under the impression, well, told Daughter that there was a, a disease that wiped out all of humanity. We kind of learned that that was false. Yeah, I mean, and that was false. Sort of, when she finds a little mouse... And yep. she's like, see, this thing survived outside. And mother's just ignoring all her pleas. And it's and like, just, just <laughs> test it. it. Just test it. See if it's contaminated. See if it really is contaminated. And she's like, nope, it's just incinerated. Mm-hmm. And there was a human, a very humanistic quality of uh, daughter was that she was unwilling to accept that, like, we just don't know. Like, we can't take the chance. It's yeah. No, we have to test. How do we know? Like, we can't be certain if we don't try. You know what I mean? Which led to her attempting to go outside and then she heard the banging on the door, and that's when woman was there, and she brought her in. Yeah. It's a pretty cool scene, especially with mother running to the door. Dude, yeah, I love the few times they showed mother running. Mm-hmm. That was also very Terminator. <laughs> yes. Very much reminded me of the liquid <laughs> T-1000 Terminators or whatever yeah. running. I'm pretty sure she's a practical effect. Like, I don't... S- if she was CGI, my mind would be fucking blown. Yeah, if she was CGI, oh my god, <laughs> there was the entire budget right there. Yeah. <laughs> that was monumentally amazing. Yeah, uh, I really liked the way she looked. I did too. Very, Very cool, cool effect. Design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this had one of the most intense scenes like I've ever seen in anything. It made me feel extremely uncomfortable. Was when, because um, when a woman shows up, she's been shot by yeah, something. She says like she's been chased and shot by something. You don't know that's a dozer yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's immediately distrustful when she like hides somewhere and she's like mother's coming and she's hiding her in like a I'm not gonna say the basement but like you know it's like the it's what the furnace area was it yes. looked like the bowery mm-hmm. so she's trying to go find medicine to help her and then mother comes in I, uh, I guess because she's scanning everything 
Um, well, Mother came in to get rid of something. Yeah, she was throwing something away. I think yeah. it was the she found the gas mask. I yeah, think that's that right. Yeah, she was like incinerating the gas mask. Um, so she's just like, oh, there's a dozer here. She's like, wait, you talking about mother? She's like, wait, that thing's your mom? <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> but um, when they try and help her or whatever, she just refuses. She grabs like a pipe or something. She wants to destroy mother. <laughs> and then she gets her gun and shoots mother twice. Yes. She takes her gun from <laughs> She daughter. says if it was just a few centimeters to this, it would have hit my CPU. Yeah, and then I've been done. That comes in later, obviously. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when uh, she actually accepts uh, daughter's help instead of mother's, like she has to oh, drill the into scene? the fucking. Oh, bullet. dude, that was rough. Dude, yeah, that killed me. I did not like that, that at all. That fucking killed me. <laughs> dude, when she when she first when she cleaned it, I was like, "Oh, that looks awful." <laughs> and then she pulled the drill. I was like, "That's worse." <laughs> she's like, "I have to drill it so I can get this wire like, in there." And I pull have to it drill out. into like, the bullet to pull it out. Yeah, and like, she nah. just, she's like, oh, uh, "With anesthesia, will be better." She's like, "I'm not going under." And yeah, I was like, oh, well, you chose this fate. This is gonna <laughs> suck ass. Like, I either die in four days from this bullet, or I accept their help now and maybe die anyway. I'd yeah. I'd have gone under. Yeah, she well, she could have bought herself time. She would have just taken the penicillin, but obviously she didn't. Well, she waited too long. Yeah. Oh yeah. When they came in, the needle was like so she, she had taken it. it. Started like she, well, she would have she, been going into shock at some point. She was starting to become septic. Okay, that's what, what I it thought yeah. it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then mother was like, "Well, when your organs start failing, we'll talk again." <laughs> <laughs> so condescending, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, you could t- definitely tell mother had an issue with her, like. That human, like, yeah, woman, she's like, what'd you tell my daughter? Wasn't the perfect specimen, so she saw it as less than and destructive, so she didn't like it. Yeah, well, and she was telling the daughter uh, ideas. Well, she was telling her the truth before <laughs> mother <laughs> yeah, was ready to tell truth. her. Yeah. yeah, before mother would, was going to tell her, which mother says that she was going. I would like, I was waiting to tell you this. I don't know how true that is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't <laughs> well, know if she ever would. We'll I, mean, never I think really she would have eventually had to tell her when they were going to let them outside to go repopulate Earth and live on Earth. Had well, to if daughter point. didn't do something to upset her, you know, make herself get burnt. True. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get her ass killed. So, like the movie, the way that it's it's filmed is very, um, it's very tense, and it it definitely leaves you wondering through a lot of it. Right, yes. like you don't know why woman is there. When woman starts telling you this information, like there's not a disease, and she she doesn't tell you immediately what is going on. She's like, "Oh my God, you don't know. There's not a disease." And then it becomes he starts talking more and more, and it's like she tells her that like there's robots all outside. They like they took over and like murdered all the humanity, yeah. and you but you don't know if it's true. It's not like you can't take her at face value because she yeah. gives you enough to be like, "I think she's lying." Yes. And then mother also starts messing with daughter when she tells her that the bullet they extracted was the same caliber as the gun she had. And that the robots, the dozers, don't use those kind of guns. Mm-hmm. And that was a fucking lie. Yeah, so the, yeah, and that's also a lie. So you don't know like what's real or not. And then a mother like bugs them later on, like bugs the bag, so she can listen on their conversation oh, later yeah. on. Uh, but mother also doesn't kill woman, and they offers her, well, they offer her help. She does at the end. Well, but yeah, but in after her purpose is fulfilled, whenever she's shooting her and mother's running at her, like daughter's like, no, stop, please don't do that. And then right. she listens to the daughter, like has some compassion and empathy, it doesn't kill her. That's and probably when she thought her. of the test at that point, I bet. I think, no, let's see what some, what some thinking is. I think this entire thing was a test. I think from the moment woman shows up until mother leaves at the end is entirely the test. No one had ever gotten far enough for it. And that's yeah. probably why woman was so old. Like, you that's why that? she well, let them let her live. Yeah, because I think, uh, she was talking about how other people were hiding in the mines, but they're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> She had drawings of everybody in a, in a book called Gods and Man. Also, speaking of that, I read a little uh, trivia about this movie. That um, so the, no one is ever named. It's only the mother, daughter, and woman. Mm-hmm. And the three names that are mentioned, Jacob, Rachel, and Simon, are all biblical. Rachel. Rachel. Yeah, that's one of the names she mentions. Who's that in the Bible? I don't know, but that is the trivia I read. Okay. Rachel. I think it was Rachel, Simon, and Jacob are all names in the Bible. 
Okay. So the only three names we get are biblical names of real, like, of actual people. And then they're drawings, and it's in a book called Gotham Monsters. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do wish we could have seen more of the world. Like, yeah, we were barely get anything yeah. of it. It looks absolutely, uh, it looks like a wasteland. Yeah, it looks like a wasteland, <laughs> but it's also looked like a wasteland that's starting to be re-cropped, too, because they had all those cornfields. Yeah. yeah, they had, like... Very large farm equipment. Yeah, huge <laughs> farming equipment, dude. My God. You saw massive. like a glimpse of like, I guess, like their facility or something. It looked like they were building like a borderline cyberpunk type city. You mm-hmm. see it for like a second. Yeah. Also, like it looked like there was like black sand or something or soil. Yeah, it was really weird when she fell down on mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, maybe it was a bunch of ash. <laughs> I was like, is this a bunch of gunpowder? <laughs> yeah, I, I had no idea what it was. So as the movie goes through, like everything is very... Murky. You don't know. Oh, very Jay Murky. Everything's very murky. You don't know what is real. You don't know who is lying to Daughter and who's telling her the truth. And then it starts to become kind of more um, not apparent, but it's like because woman is a human and Daughter can identify with her, she wants to believe her. You know what I mean? But at the same time, Mother's raised her for, I guess, 18 years of her life. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't want to believe that Mother's been lying to her. She, doesn't, she has no predisposition to think that robots are bad. Yeah, exactly. So all she knows is that mother takes care of her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mother seemed like a very awesome mother. Yeah, <laughs> she did. She, and she was very kind. Yeah, she sings a very like beautiful song in a very amazing and soothing voice mm-hmm. by, I guess, Rose Byrne. Right. I'm assuming yeah. it's Rose Byrne singing. I don't know. Yeah, as soon as I heard her singing too, I was like, wow. I wish I could have had that as a mom. <laughs> that robot. <laughs> <laughs> Joke, I love you, mom. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> so you don't know what's true, what's not true, and then it starts to become... A little more apparent, like, it starts to become apparent that mother is actually lying. Like, yes. you don't know exa- specifically about what, but she's definitely lying. And it's revealed that there is no virus. There are a bunch of robots outside, and there was, like, robots killed humanity. That is all true. Even if she wasn't lying, though, like, when she went with woman to, like, her little hut or mm-hmm. whatever, who'd want to stay there? Like, <laughs> yeah. So, eventually, daughter helps woman break out, and they leave. Right after mother tells daughter that she can pick her new her brother. Mm-hmm. As yeah. a, she keeps telling her throughout her whole life that they're going to have a family. They're going to start a family, but like they have eventually. to wait. They have to wait, yeah. like eventually. And what she was waiting for was, I guess, her to be 18 to pass her tests mm-hmm. to be morally like perfect, like so the most moral that she could be. Her raise more kids. And I think picking um, her brother was also part of the test in that brother was picked and then daughter left. So even if she doesn't come back, mother still has another child to raise mm-hmm. and can try again. And it's still a test of her morality. And if it fails, oh my God, she'll burn that baby. About, I just thought about that. So, <laughs> oh, I forgot. Woman also did tell her that they torch babies. Yeah, she was like, I've seen them torture infants. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> these robots don't mess around. <laughs> mother. Because <laughs> they're right? all one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Oh my God. So I just thought about this, that the question that she gets about uh, if you're the doctor and you can save lives and blah, 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 is also kind of like very reminiscent of the ending of this movie. So of the situation, that daughter gets herself and she leaves with woman. They trek through all this stuff, get down by the ocean, and there's all these like can- cargo containers, um, train containers. Um, and so they get in one of them and like just open the door and walk in and woman lives there with a the dog. And she finds out that there are no other humans. They're all dead. She's the only one. They did used to live in a mine, like she had said, but they got flooded. And no one could have possibly survived that. And if they did, you wouldn't want to see what they look like now because they're probably all being tortured. So then daughter realizes in this moment, this is what my life would be. I could help this one woman and stay with her Uh, and I guess provide companionship with her and make her life easier and I could live out here. Or I could take my chances and I can go back and I can raise my brother and try to work with mother and 
with the machines save maybe and <laughs> create more people and save more people. So she ultimately doesn't decide for her. Like she, if she would have stayed with woman, that would have been the selfish decision to save herself. Mm-hmm. She ultimately decides to save humanity and go back, even at the cost of potentially dying and never be making it back there. So she makes the more, I guess, moral decision. Definitely the more robotic decision because it's for the collective. Yeah. It's to ensure the survival of humanity. Or not even survival, like the repopulation. It's going to be a hell of a job raising 36,000 kids. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, right? <laughs> well, she's definitely going to have to raise brother to a point where they can have more, oh, yeah, more embryos yeah. and then raise other ones. And then I don't know when they would ever get to live on the earth. Like, I mean, she did, like, she's going to birth more kids at that moment. Like, she went into that little facility and was looking at all the embryos. Yeah, that very end, that's what I, I, that's what I thought, too. That's she what I thought, I thought the final more. shot was almost like, was the opening shot not on the robot? Was it like in his face? I can't remember. I want to say that'd the, be like, cool. Was, was like reminiscent, of, like she's she's now mother, right? Which is clearly what it was. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> what it was. So yeah, the end of that is that her and mother have this like intense conversation. Mother gets trapped in a door, and daughter wants to keep brother. Starts sawing off her own leg. Yeah, she's like she has to like take her own <laughs> leg off, and then daughter puts the gun up like to her, like she she gets the gun back, and they have this like. <laughs> just conversation where daughter's like let me do this like i can raise him i'm ready you taught yeah. me everything that i need to know and i'm ready to do this and then like the twist right before that is that m- all of the robots are mother yeah she's like i welcomed you when you got back when all those guns were pointing at you that was me yeah when <laughs> when daughter gets back there's all these robots outside of the door to like enter like the facility and they all have these like mini guns yeah, they're at actively it. drilling through the fucking door well, not yet they're not yeah, they are when they're having when that she, conversation. When, well, yeah, yeah, but when she first gets there or not. And like okay, she put, yes. Daughter puts her hands up because I just want to talk to mother. And they stare at her for a second and they part ways and let her in. And she gets in and she takes out all the little like lock things or whatever, I guess, mm-hmm. to where like the door, like the compressors, where the door can't be opened now. So then while her and mother are talking and mother's trapped, all the robots on the outside are trying to saw through the, like they're burning through those locks. To, That's like, when that big old tank one Yeah, and the big old tank one's like pounding through it to, uh, Get in there, I guess, and kill daughter. Like, they're trying to save mother. Are they scared? Well, they're definitely not trying to save mother because it doesn't matter because mother is all of them. So that body does not matter. But they're getting in there to stop daughter from doing something crazy. Mm -hmm. So they have that conversation, and daughter's like, you raised me to, like, to do this. This was my purpose. Like, I can do this. Let Let me raise him. And then mother agrees. That was, like, the biggest twist to me was, like, oh, shit. They, like, actually found common ground. Mother actually saw in that moment or... If this whole thing was a test, like, that was her passing. And she was like, okay, she passed. She is ready. This is the one to raise humanity, to give instill with them at the very beginning the morals and values they need to grow up. And then, like, she mother puts the gun, like, grabs her hand and puts the gun up to her CPU. And she's like, if you ever need me. And daughter's like, I won't. And then shoots her. Yeah. And then all the robots stop and they just leave her there. And that's when one of the robots shows up at woman's place. And she walks in. She looks around. And she tells woman, she was like, curious, isn't it, that you managed to survive all this time? It was as though there was a purpose for you. And she turns and slams her door. And I was like, oh, well, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think the purpose was a morality test for daughter. With oh, man, you're right. With that little dialogue, like she let her survive as almost if there was a purpose. Yeah, and because anymore. she was the ultimate morality test for daughter. That's what I'm saying. Like, it was the doctor test. She could have stayed with woman or gone back and raised humanity. And well, she I'm saying, like, to yeah, you're th- like, it's not, that's not even a theory anymore. That just confirms it. Yeah. Like, when she told her, like, she was allowing her to survive just for that scenario. Yeah, that was the entire point. That was the yeah. only reason. And she said that, like, she was a, when, when she first shows up, she was shot. And it's very clear to me after the movie, like, after you know the whole story, like, oh, the robots were hurting her yeah. in that direction. They wanted her to go there. They wanted a daughter to find her. Because she's going to go there and pound on those Because those doors. robots, I mean, there's no way, like, they would have let her survive. No, it's not possible. <laughs> yeah. And even when Mother's powering up, she's the collective conscious of all the robotics. So she probably always knows what daughter's doing. Yeah. At all times. Mm-hmm. So she's never sneaking around. She always knows what she's doing. 
I would imagine. Well, daughter's sneaking around. But you're talking about mother's not sneaking around, right? No, like daughter's. Like, only when the power goes off. Oh, yeah. And mother's like, there's no electronics working. Other than that, whenever mother goes to bed at night, she definitely knows what daughter's doing. Yeah. At all times, I would imagine. So what would you rate it? I'd give it an 8 out of 10. I thought it was very well done. I really, really liked it. I thought Claire Rugger was awesome. Very excited to see her moving forward. Also read that she is from Denmark, so if she has an accent, her American accent it's was brilliant. It's an Australian movie, apparently. Yeah, well, her American That's accent was, was like brilliant. That's what the categories on Netflix said, Australian, Australian movies. movies. I was like, oh, The cool. director might be Australian I would have never suspected. <laughs> but yeah, Claire Rugger's from Denmark, so if she has a, like an accent, her American accent was brilliant. Yeah. I thought she was yeah. American. I was like, where is she from? Like, Wyoming? Like, she sounds like she's from America. Yeah. She was great. <laughs> I mean... Uh, I can't really think of an example of like someone that's a foreigner that like when I hear like their American accent, I don't believe it. Honestly, most times like performers are very like do very very well with an American accent. Most times, I can't. Like I agree with you. I don't know how it would be difficult, but obviously, like I don't have an accent, so. Well, you do. You well, just I mean, don't know it. I do. Yeah. yeah just right. I am American. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of some instances, and I, I can't really. But I've definitely heard like. People that aren't from America do American accents where I listen to it and I'm like, hmm, that doesn't sound like anything I've ever heard before. I think that would sound odd to me. Okay. But I can't think of it. But there's just examples. so many different like ways that people speak here, so it's I just kind of believe God, anything. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> they, there's no specific, like, I don't think American sound. Yeah, exactly. I guess, like, the most people just think of, like, some sort of yuppie accent, I guess. I guess. Or, I guess, most people probably think of us as, like, the Southerners. At least I know Japan does, like... I think they still all think America. that we think, like, talk like We're all like, Yee-hoo! Yeah, they still think we talk like cowboys, I think. <laughs> it's, still like, it's, the, it's still the Wild West out here. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you said uh, you gave Mother an 8 as well? Yeah, be overall. I give her, like, right about that. Yeah. I thought it was a very creative story. It was very well done on a very minimalist way. I thought it was shot very well. It, no, it shot excellently, but, like, it's not this super tech futuristic thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. It's it is pretty minimal. It's pretty minimal, but the effects that they have in it, if they are effects, are great. Like they, all those robots couldn't have been robots. I don't think. Oh no, those had to be effects. And then the flying one was an effect, and like the, the farm things were. Oh, those, yeah, were yeah, effects. Those effects. all looked great. But those are all in there for like a couple of seconds. All, yeah, it's yeah, seconds. Yeah, <laughs> they look great. Mother herself looks awesome. Had to be practical. And she oh, looked, yeah. If she wasn't, oh my god, <laughs> that, that CGI was brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's the closest thing. We'll, uh, I assume Portal will probably be turned into a movie at some point. I hope so. so it's the closest thing we have to GLaDOS for now. Yeah, <laughs> and it was very well done. Yeah. And Rose Byrne did an excellent job as the voice of Mother. So, yeah. You got Netflix? Check it out. It's worth a watch. Yeah, absolutely worth your time. Definitely, definitely check that movie out, especially if you're into sci-fi. Let us know what the trailer like depicts the movie because I didn't watch it. I'm actually going to watch the trailer today to see like if it, no. if it frames it in like, a different light or whatever. To me, it was awesome like watching it without having too much context because when Woman shows up, Hillary Swank's character... For a little while in the movie, I was thinking, okay, so she used to live here. She is daughter, like, grown up 30, 40 years age <laughs> from where daughter is now. And she's, like, been let escape, and she's going to reveal this at some point. Like, so I'm thinking way past what the movie's actually doing. Like, that's not at all true. <laughs> we'll say, like, at some points, like, the tone, like, changed at some points. It made it seem like it was going to be, like, a horror movie. It, it definitely got very, like, suspenseful and horrorous for a moment. Yeah. Def- or for a couple moments, it definitely did. It was very misleading. Oh, yeah. And I don't know why they, like, had that tone. Like, because it was just, like, straight up, like, oh, okay, we're turning this into a horror movie It's just now. red herring just to throw you off, I'm okay. sure. Okay. Venom did the same thing, but that's because that movie was just inconsistent as hell. Yeah, it's because they filmed it as a horror movie, and then parts of it an action movie, parts of it were a comedy, and Tom Hardy's just like, I don't know what we're doing! <laughs> Alright, so, as the whole Rogue and Gambit super fan over here, what do you think of the ending of this? So, I have loved this series. It has been my favorite series that we've been reading. Bar none. This, uh, this series that we're going to introduce in place of it, 
It's going to be dope as shit. Yeah. <laughs> Silver Surfer Black is going to be amazing. But Mr. and Mrs. X has been absolutely my favorite series I've been reading, but it's because Gambit and Rogue are my two favorite Marvel characters. They're one and two. Rogue is one, Very Gambit's two. They're amazing. So that's why I love this. I loved the little five-issue mini they had before this, and then it led into Mr. and Mrs. X. Oh, man, that's awesome. And I think, I, I think Kelly Thompson... The writer for this is a fucking awesome writer for these characters. I bet she subverted your expectations for this series hard. How do you mean? Because, I mean, you already said that you never expected to go to the Mojoverse. Oh, absolutely fucking not. <laughs> I never expected to get a fucking Rogan Gamut year-long series either. It's yeah. like 12 issues. I didn't expect to get a 12-issue maxi Rogan Gamut series ever. Yeah, we got the we got the Gambit and Rogue mini or Rogue and Gambit mini that was five issues. I was like, oh, that was awesome. Now we'll get another one in thirty years, yeah. <laughs> and then it led into a oh, this a maxi. Is, this has to be referenced in future X Men comics. It doesn't. Have, they don't have a choice. They fundamentally changed Rogue. Yeah, oh yeah, duh. And they well, honestly, they put like <laughs> and Gambit to. They fundamentally changed Gambit because he finally accepts completely who he is now. Yeah, he's like, fuck it, like well, I am both. And of these now things. he's not just the King of Thieves; he's the King of Thieves and Assassins. Yeah, he's the King <laughs> of the Thieves and Assassins Guild. So they and both, he's the fucking X Men. So they both got an upgrade in, to an extent. Yeah, dude. So the way he escaped with the little ball, yeah, I was like, that's, that's genius. Also, like that made me wince. Like I was like, when the hell did he get cut there? And did he just put like a bunch of BBs in his yeah, wound? Yeah, he just put a bunch. Of, and he's like, I need these for later. <laughs> Smart, it's smart, but <laughs> I guess painful but as fuck. Damn. Yeah, right. And I love that uh, when Rogue picks the lock, Belladonna's like, "Oh, so you he taught you how to pick a lock?" And he's like, "You're getting proficient at picking locks." And he's like, "Yeah, it's something Remy taught me like in the very beginning. Didn't think I'd get so much, so much use out of it." And was like, yeah. "Hanging out with him, I got to pick a lot of fucking locks." <laughs> a lot of people hate him. She's probably used to being bound, though. Giggity. I mean, if this is, this series was any indication, they definitely like that. <laughs> They're a bit into that stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, so we started out with uh, Remy. Should I call no, him Remy or? Uh... Mm-hmm. <laughs> that just happened. Right. All right, so he's been put in the catacombs of his little thieves go because in, where the last issue let off, they were he was no longer welcome there. He's no yeah, longer yeah. the king of thieves mm-hmm. temporarily. And, and him and Rogue were captured. Yes, they were captured. Um, he was told by uh, Kandra, this girl that's now in a young body, that. Um, it wasn't apparent to me until this last issue that she was supposed to be like a fucking 15-year-old or like oh, a 13-year-old. Yeah. It wasn't apparent to me. Adolescent, whatever. Yeah, didn't realize that. Uh, she told uh, Remy to Gambit to choose between sacrificing Rogue or his ex-wife. Yeah, Belladonna. His new wife or his ex-wife, Belladonna. But uh, those both came with stipulations. If he sacrificed his new wife, then Cantor would leave oh, and yeah. let him remain as the king of thieves. But if he chose to save her and sacrifice Belladonna, then he was exiled and he would never be allowed back in their territories again. Yeah. So they came with like she lose, w- lose. She clearly wanted him to sacrifice Rogue because she wanted to take Rogue's body. Yeah. Yeah. This is all to get her back to like her full grown body, so that way she can be back at max power. And she's apparently like they're trying to tell you that she is ultra fucking powerful, which again is illustrating how powerful Rogue is in this series. That Rogue is the body she needs to use her full power. Oh, I guess and Belladonna. I don't know anything about her, but she says she would suffice too. Yeah, Belladonna's also really powerful, but I also definitely thought that Kendra was lying no matter what. She was going to try to sacrifice Rogue. It didn't fucking matter. Oh, pro- she said it was like, well, well. after he had an hour to think about it and he got his BBs in his mouth and stuff and he planned this out, he's like, I'll sacrifice myself. And she's like, I thought you'd say something stupid like that. So, you know <laughs> what? Maybe I should just sacrifice all three of you. And he's like, I thought you'd say something like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, and then spits a fucking kinetic charge the BB at her. Yep. Which explodes. Uh, but yeah, somehow he had a collar on. I guess he somehow deactivated it. I don't know how. Yeah, that was one thing that was kind of confusing to me is how he 
was able to use his powers because he shot the BB and then he broke the chains and kinetically charged everything. Yes. I don't understand how he's able to yeah, do he that. Yeah, he started going ham. Yeah, if his dampening collar, because <laughs> Rogues was definitely still working. So I'm assuming when he got the BB out, he somehow deactivated it and we just didn't see it. Yeah. He had to have. Yeah. Otherwise, that was a huge plot hole. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Rogue, she reawakens, I guess, and like does her little lockpick thing, just talking about Belladonna and stuff. And he's like, yeah, if you guys could stop chit-chatting, I, I'm just single-handedly holding <laughs> back this army yeah, over here. I'm just beating an army up <laughs> by myself. I kind of need some fucking help. So then Rogue temporarily uh, starts siphoning everybody's powers. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, it's happening because I'm afraid. I just need to concentrate. All right, I got it. Yeah, <laughs> which... I like I'm that, glad they, that they showed that. Yeah, I like that she, they illustrated that. So in certain situations, she's still gonna like exactly. There's still gonna be problems. Yes, if she gets too afraid, she's like, "Oh fuck, I, I, I gotta fucking." It's like she has anxiety. Honestly, is what it is. Yeah. And if she can't control it, people are fucked. <laughs> yes. Every, <laughs> everybody, everybody dies. Like, she's like, "Just give me a minute." She's like, "We don't really have a minute." <laughs> yeah, Bill. Honestly, it's a little more time than we have. <laughs> you take a minute, we're dead. Yeah. Then so she's like, "Oh, I got it." Punches Kandra in the mouth. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't like beating up kids, but that felt pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm going to keep doing it, but... <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty satisfying. Yeah. I like when Rogue first broke out. It was just like a half-page panel of her breakout. It's like, pretty much, she was like, y'all are fucked now. Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, you're, you're kind of screwed. So I got to say, though, like, out of every character that we've seen in, like, throughout every issue... I still don't like the way Rogue has been drawn in any of them. Really? Yes. I, I think this one might have been one of the worst ones. Like I don't know. Her proportions were awkward to me. Hmm. I do think that whoever this artist is draws all the female faces very similar. Oh, absolutely. Like, Kandra <laughs> looks almost exactly like Xandra did. Yeah. Yeah. Also, kind of disappointed with like, the ending of this. We still never saw any like more of that baby, that egg baby, whose name is slipping my Zandra. mind. Right. She became Zandra. Right, yeah. Zandra. That's, she's definitely going to be using something else. She has to be. Oh, it has to be. And we never got more Deadpool. No. I, I didn't expect more Deadpool. But I was hoping for at least a mention of Kandra or, or Zandra or to come back around to her. But no, that never happened. Yeah. That character's... Oh, my God, dude. She's going to be fucking OP as shit. But anyways, after Kandra got straight decked in the mouth, <laughs> <laughs> Gambit goes on to tell everyone, he's like, listen up, everybody. I am the I'm the king of thieves, <laughs> and I'm now going to be the king of assassins, but I'm also an X-Man, and I'm also a thief. So I'm all out dead at once. This is we like can be multiple people. Tommy Wiseau went to Louisiana <laughs> for a year. <laughs> I'm the king sorry. of thieves. Should I stop? <laughs> I love it. But yeah, so I love the ending, how like it empowers Gambit. And Gambit empowers himself, where he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I finally am going to accept myself. Like, Rogue is dealing with all this shit to be able to have to accept herself to where she can control like her powers and stuff. And it's like, he also needs some introspection to be like, you know, I am, I have been a bad person. I have been a thief. And I can use what the X-Men have taught me and what I've learned through them, what I've learned through being with Rogue to better this situation. So fuck it. I'm not going to abandon this. I am your king. And I'm also an X-Men. And when I'm not here, my dad speaks for me. Yeah. And you'll listen to him or I'll come back and you won't like it. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I like that shit. That was awesome. Yeah. He's like, I like the fact that everyone keeps trying to replace me, but they all keep failing, which just tells me. I am supposed to <laughs> yeah. be here. I should be telling everybody around, hey, he's he's definitely the king because yeah. we can't stop it. Which kind of ties into the beginning of the issue. We are talking about every time he goes back there, he feels torn apart mm-hmm. because of his multiple identities. Yep. And he says, screw it, I'm all of it. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. He actually got some growth out of this. Yep. And uh, I think they were about to dip because like, uh, Rogue says she hasn't been able to contact the X-Men because I think something's going on with that series where I think they actually like all are Yeah, so what's happening is screwed. every X-Men related series that's out right now is all coming to an end. They're all getting ended, and there's going to be one X-Men series. It's going to be a weekly that's going, <laughs> yeah, but it's going to reshape and remold the X-Men universe, and it's going, it's going to 
end a lot of the bullshit that fans have hid for the past like 10 fucking years. It's going to change a lot of the inconsistencies and it's going to make everything into like not a new universe, but it's going to try to correct a whole bunch of shit and then relaunch X-Men. And then they'll get probably a bunch of series after that. I'm really excited for that, honestly. They're going to tie up a whole bunch of shit. That sounds interesting, except for the fact that it's weekly. It's going to be expensive as hell. Yeah, dude. I'm <laughs> definitely going to read that. The fucking X-Men's my jam. Yeah. That sounds cool, though. And I, for some reason, I'm, I'm blanking on the fucking writer that's doing it, but it's somebody very well known that's fucking awesome. Like, everyone's super excited Tom about King? it. No, fuck yourself. <laughs> Someone's super excited about it. Dude, I read it just yesterday or the day before. I was reading about some shit. There was a thread on there that was like, is it just me? Or am I, is it just me? Am I the only one obsessed with Tom King's writing? And I was like, fuck yes, you are. But there were so many people that were like, his Batman series overall is not that great. Or it's, it's good. Bad. It's good, but there's parts of it that aren't that great. But overall, it's pretty good. And like fucking everybody loves his vision work, his Mr. Vision Miracle was work. Apparently magnificent. They love all that shit. And everybody universally is like, but Heroes in Crisis was trash. And it's unfortunate that... <laughs> The only real things I know about Tom King are Heroes in Crisis and the few Batman that Batman issues that I read that I thought were fucking garbage. <laughs> so I was like, I don't like Tom King, but apparently I need to read Vision of Mr. Miracle. I read, I think, the first arc for Batman Rebirth, and if he was writing for that, it wasn't bad. No, he was writing Detective Comics. I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. I don't think he's writing Batman, Batman, but I'm oh, not okay. positive. Never mind then. I, I could be fucking wrong on that. Well, back to Mr. and Mrs. X. We're almost at the end here. But I specifically, real quick, to clarify myself, I specifically looked up Batman, Tom King written issues and read them to see how different it was from Heroes in Crisis, and I did not like his writing style still. I was like, man, he fucking sucks. Because you're just like, how's this guy have a job? Yeah, I was like, this guy's <laughs> fucking awful, and these issues suck too. Uh, this guy, if he if he ever has this sent to him, he will hate us. Oh, yeah, for <laughs> sure, dude. Fuck you, Tom King. Anyways. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't hate you, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you, but Heroes in Crisis makes me not want to read anything you've ever Heroes in Crisis was awful, man. You got to step your shit up. That was fucking terrible, dude. <laughs> that was fucking awful shit. Did we even talk about that yet? Yeah, yeah we Josh got to and I wrapped okay. it up. It was fucking awful. Okay. You, got, you didn't have to do it. All right, so... Um, you had to sit that one out. Yeah, I had to. All right, let's wrap this up. Uh, All right, so I am mother. <laughs> <laughs> so they're finally about to leave, but I guess they're told by uh, Gamba's dad that they can't leave without visiting... Whoever this lady was. She's like a friend of the family, it seemed like. She was a matronly figure. <laughs> yeah, she somehow wasn't completely burnt by the fact that she wasn't invited to the wedding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she wasn't invited to the wedding, and they didn't see her whenever they came into town. She was like, well, but you're going to stay for this. Well, yeah, then finally just like, all right, we do have the balance, and they get back, and um, Rogue keeps teasing Gamut about like how he was cuddling um, that a baby. spiral baby. Yeah, she keeps saying that he has baby fever, so they're heavily trying to yeah, put the idea into your minds that like, at some point, Marvel may be planning, or maybe Kelly Thompson's just herself playing the seeds that like they could have a kid. They're going to have an Omega baby. Yeah, oh my God. An, an Omega-level baby. A fucking baby With that Gambit is biological child of Gambit and Rogue is going to be insane. It has to be broken. Yeah, it has to, that, that, that baby, whatever that character becomes, has to be OP to shit. has to be born Omega-level. What power do you think it'll have? Dude, if it has the powers of absorption and kinetic ability at the same fucking time, like, I think X-Men are done. <laughs> we have the X-Person. That's all we need. <laughs> we got this one. That's all. What about the Phoenix, though? I mean, give that one the Phoenix. The Marvel's done. <laughs> Let Phoenix raise this baby. <laughs> <laughs> then it's over now. That one just becomes the one above all. But, yeah. Kissing faces were still odd, but better it than the last better one. This at time least they actually sure. had lips. Yeah, right? <laughs> at least Rogue did. So, as a whole series, what do you think? I loved it. I get the com- like. I loved it because of Tobias on it. So as someone that's like in you know a Rogan Gambit veteran, a Rogan Gambit mega fan, it's very much worth reading if you're a fan of those characters. It's worth reading if you're an X Men fan. If you're not a really big fan of those, like, like you and me? Josh really <laughs> aren't, 
you're probably going to be very bothered with a lot of the inconsistencies, inconsistencies and issues that the series has. It's not always drawn pristinely. There's a lot of a lot of the artwork is not very good. The colors are all great. The coloring is Especially great. Especially whenever there's explosions and like actual combat, it looks great. Yes. Uh, the story is kind of lackluster at times. Like, if you don't care about Mojo, they waste half this series on that. Yeah. Almost. Like, four or five issues. That is very questionable to me. Yeah. Like, when this is all supposed to be about their relationship and them, and they just throw them into, like... Especially when the first arc starts off with such a fucking bang was Deadpool and Xandra. Like, that was fucking dope. And then it goes into this for no reason. Goes I thought it was interesting. Mojo. Then again, I've never known anything about Mojo, so... I like Mojo in, as his, an in his universe. Me, I thought that was pretty cool. I like Mojo in the Mojoverse, so I enjoyed that. I assume a lot of people will be like, thought, like, oh, this is very weird. It might be turned off and just stop. It is very fucking weird, but if you know anything about Mojo, it's, he's a very weird character. His, <laughs> his verse is very odd. He's, very, he's fucking creepy. Yeah. He's a weird dude. But as, like, as an overall series, like, I don't know. Like I said, if you're a fan of the X-Men, fan of Rogue or of Gambit, it's very much, much checking out. I, I mean, if you're a fan of Marvel Comics, period, I think it's worth your time just to read the Xandra arc with... Rogue and Gamut and Deadpool, because that's very fucking well done. That was incredible. The Mojoverse stuff, you could probably you could probably skip the entire Mojoverse and come into the last three issues of the Thieves Guild stuff. Oh, and still and be then catch up. all that, yeah. and then you didn't really miss much. <laughs> like well, you would miss the evolution of how Rogue's powers yeah, I was gonna say, became that's a this big way. Thing. Yeah, like the, I think this series is ultimately going to become, I hope, very important. I guess that was the whole reason for the Mojoverse is to put her in a situation where like her powers would be unlocked. Exactly, they had to do something to but be able to. I feel like do it. they could have done that, like I don't know, a little bit better. Like, I feel like they cleverly. could have done that through Xandra still. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was clearly an Omega level telepath. Well, regardless, now that we finally wrapped up the series, uh, if you watched all the episodes, let us know what you thought about the series. Yeah, well, let us know what you thought about Mr. and Mrs. X. How amazing was it? How wrong is Steven and Josh? Let us know. <laughs> all right, now on to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy issue five. <laughs> right? <laughs> you mean Solar Surfer? Oh, did you talk about that with Josh while I was going? Yeah. Oh, well, then Guardians of the Galaxy issue six. What are you talking about that? <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I'm about to say, dude, <laughs> did you not watch last week? We talked about both of those. <laughs> we wrapped up that arc. So why I bought this? Yeah, I was like, that fucking moron. Okay, <laughs> so as someone that has no idea really of anything about Silver Surfer, I never f- thought he was interesting. I in in fact thought his design was pretty fucking dumb, pretty bland, bland and fucking dumb. Because I was like, this is just a dude flying through space on a surfboard, <laughs> and it's literally called the Silver Surfer. Who cares? Fucking stupid, <laughs> <laughs> right? But the surfboard's sentient. So as soon as they were... <laughs> is it? I mean, <laughs> yeah. it seems like it, because... Okay. Yes, it is. But yet again, that shows my ignorance of this character. No fucking clue. <laughs> I know the character of Silver Surfer. I'm, I'm decently well-informed on him. <laughs> I'm just not a my fan. My introduction to him was the god-awful Fantastic Four 2 movie. Right. Rise of the <laughs> Silver Surfer, awful. what the fuck ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've known Silver Surfer, and I know a decent bit about him. Where Galactus was a cloud of yeah something. It was stupid as fuck. Fuck that movie. Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> I've known Silver Surfer for a while, and I know a decent bit about him. I'm just not really into him. I don't really care about the character. I don't seek him out to read stuff. If he's in it, that's cool, but like, I'm not trying to read Silver Surfer. I don't care. Yeah, in fact, when you both, like, when, when Josh and Nick suggested, hey, let's read this, I was like, God, fucking why? <laughs> because Donny Case was writing it. Was, I read was this the issue today, right before we started recording. It's fucking dope as hell. Yeah. <laughs> Donny Cates. Donny Cates is the fucking best <laughs> writer in comics. 100%. He's the single best writer. That's out now. He's the antithesis to Tom King. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Donny Cates is fucking incredible, dude. His Thanos wins is genius. What he's doing in Guardians of the Ghost right now is amazing. Mm-hmm. This first issue was awesome. I, it makes me really want to go back and read his entire Doctor Strange run just to, to see how he did that universe. I've read some of it. Death of Inhumans is fucking awesome. I've read that too. If you haven't read that, it's fucking great. Yeah, they talked about that in Guardians. Yeah. 
when fucking Lockjaw when they... shows up. <laughs> fucking <laughs> Beta Ray tells uh, Star Lord, Star Lord's like, ah, how come I didn't know about this? And Beta Ray's like, not many people did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I assume that's because not many people read that story. It's because uh, in humans, it's not like, it's not yeah, that not big. Right yeah, like they have their fans, but it's not. Not the X-Men or the Avengers or the Fantastic Even Four. Even though they're so similar to the X-Men. Well, because they're so linked. They're tied into it all the time. Oh, really? X-Men versus Inhumans is a huge storyline. They're basically mutants. They're just mutated by the Kree, right? Essentially. Is the Kree, right? It's um, Kree yeah, gas. Almost positive, usually, yeah. like, they the Terrigen that. gas. Yeah. yeah. Terrigen gas. That's mm-hmm. right. My introduction to that was when I was trying to re- get into Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan. Mm-hmm. Like, right yeah, she's introduction, She got hit by that gas. Yeah, that was like, mm-hmm. I was like, what the fuck is this? Well, Kamala Khan was a character I thought would suck, and she's badass. <laughs> I like her. I read like 10 or 11 issues like when she, she first got her own series, and I didn't really care oh, for no, it. No, no, you should read more current stuff. Okay. About she's like, uh, they have she's like grown now. The, they have like the magnificent Miss Marvel that's out now, I think. Yeah, that's Kamala Khan, I'm Or sure. Marvelous Miss Marvel. No, they couldn't do Miss Marvelous Miss Marvel. I think, it's, I think, it's I think it is magnificent. Yeah. So it's the marvelous Miss Maisel. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's right. that TV show. I guess she's a cool character. Uh, she was a super like she is like a comic book nerd. Oh, absolutely, that became yeah. a superhero. Yeah, <laughs> and becomes that, fucking Miss Marvel. I heard that she re- recently finally had like a confrontation with her family, and I guess they're accepting who she is. I don't know. I haven't read the newest, like the the brand new stuff. No, I stopped reading after the beginning because I didn't really care for it. Well, yeah. <laughs> I dug the art. I just didn't care for her as a character that much. I thought it was cool when she actually had like a run-in with Wolverine when he no longer had his healing powers mm-hmm. b- before he died. That was a good issue. Which time? <laughs> the most recent time, The most time, recent time. Is <laughs> <laughs> he dies about every two seconds. So, yeah. There's like four Wolverines right now. Jesus, really? There's Old Man Logan. There's... I thought, they he- I thought he finally went back to his universe. Uh, well, or there's just died or something. The series is still going on, so good I'm pretty sure. There's Old Man fucking Logan... There's Logan in in Infinity Watch. Isn't there an old man Hawkeye now? Yes, I don't don't give a shit. I don't fucking care about Hawkeye. Uh, Then there's the uh, Infinity Warps. (laughs) Emma Frost fucking X. I imagine old man Hawkeye is literally just him being like, God, I wish I still had the strength to pull back my bow. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a mutant. (laughs) I would assume old man Hawkeye has to deal with him and Kate Bishop, but I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Hopefully it's him in a retirement home. I mean, the original old man Logan, Hawkeye's in it. Oh, is he? He's the mis- he's the Professor X in that mo- in that comic series. Really? He's the guy that Logan's trying to, or that's trying to get Logan to help him. Yeah, that's fucking old Hawkeye. Okay. Old hurt Hawkeye. Oh, what other ho- Oh, what other Logans are there? So I was saying, there's old man Logan. There's current Logan that is the Wolf. Uh, there's current Wolverine that is um doing the Infinity Watch thing. Then there's the Infinity Warps Wolverine, and then I'm almost positive there is still another Wolverine. I'm almost positive. X twenty three. Well, yeah, but she's gone back to being um X twenty X twenty three. She's not Wolverine <laughs> anymore. I mean, I think she still minorly references herself with that, but in her, she just had an, an ongoing that just ended a 12-issue series um, that ended last month, and yeah, she was X-23 throughout most of that. Like, she referred to herself sometimes, like, come on, you're fucking Wolverine, but, like, it was not a constant thing. Okay. But well, anyways, Silver Surfer Black. Holy shit, the freaking artist for this? This is a variant oh, cover. It's a fucking variant, I can't see it. I'll put the name up here. The fucking artist, artist, the fucking artist that uh, Donny Cates is <laughs> the working arsonist. with. Yeah, the arsonist that Donny Cates is working with on this issue or this series. Oh my god, dude! He leaves Je- Jeff Shaw with fucking Guardians and moves to this, and it's like, do they just give him the best artists? The first page I did not really care for because when you see Galactus, he's like very wavy. Mm-hmm. He's got curves on his face. I mean, he's a curvy individual. <laughs> he's a very curvy individual. <laughs> it threw me the it threw me off. I was like, uh, I don't know if I'm gonna like this. But then immediately after that, you see his stone cold face as he's watched 
He's talking all about all these, all these names that he's mm-hmm. had. Like he's mostly known as the Silver Surfer, but for many of these worlds, he oh, was yeah. known as Death mm-hmm. when he was the deliverer of Galactus and stuff. His harbinger or whatever, his herald. He's the herald of Galactus. Herald Galactus. Sorry, idiot. I'm ignorant. <laughs> he's also so he's just watching with, uh, as all these civilizations energy. just get destroyed. He's talking about how this warrior planet didn't deserve its fate, even though they're like war hungry. Mm-hmm. And this other planet, how it's just very young. It's just like a newborn planet. There's just just now getting life, and it's very beautiful and like like harmonious or whatever. And Galactus feasted on it as well, even though it was. Not very much of a snack for him. Yeah, it was like barely a snack. And then some other planet I can't really remember. It's probably very unimportant. Screw that planet. But as it goes, <laughs> Surfer is like actually having emotion. And he's getting like more and more progressively upset about what's going on. He's very and he's, like he's feeling very regretful and remorseful. You actually see him like have tears. Yeah. The way that he's written in this is incredible. Like Donnie really understands the character. By the end of it, like I fell in love with the artwork. Absolutely, I fell in love with the artwork, and I was like, "Do I like Surfer as a character now? I, I think what I the love hell him. is going I on?" Think I love him as a character. <laughs> so then it explains this first issue explains how in the Guardians of the Galaxy they get shot. <laughs> Fucking Proxima Midnight shoots a black hole gun and tears apart the fabric of reality, and most of them get sucked into it. And this explains how they got into that. And it's because Silver Surfer was pretty much like <laughs> Beta Ray Bill. Huh? Harness your power. Yeah, Silver Surfer was like, I guess this black hole don't know, this black hole doesn't know who the fuck I am, yeah. <laughs> and he willed them the fuck out of there. He's the reason why we got that series. Yeah, thank you, Donny Cates. Yeah, thanks to Silver Surfer, we're able to have what's going on right now, and the the Guardians. So like, he was able to save all of them, but in doing so, he saved everybody that got sucked in that black yeah, hole. Yeah, but in doing so, he had to stay. Yeah, like he wasn't well, able he's to make it. Like out. how he's floating and stuff, he's going with it. He sees like he uses all his power to actually see the trail that's going. He mm-hmm. follows all the turns and stuff somehow. He sees these other people that aren't like uh, Star Wars or what the hell ever you said. Star Jammers. So, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Wh- what was the word? Star Jammers? It was a group of people that were in there with him that he saved. People I don't know. <laughs> he they're said in they're the not series. But barely, right? He said, I thought they were in their own different series now. They may be, but they were in Guardians. He's talking about, okay. Oh, that's going to be in its Guardians of the Galaxy annual. That's what that uh, little yeah, Yeah, the said. little thing was talking about, yeah. But yeah, he saves them, and then at the, uh, he gets sucked further into the black hole, and he's talking about like... He's getting torn apart as he, he gets thrown into like this darkness and stuff. And he falls for fucking years. Yeah, years, years. and years. <laughs> so other people will just be like shown about like the cosmos, mm-hmm. but not on his fucking watch. <laughs> like other entities like uh, wouldn't be able to handle what was happening to him. They've been like torn and ripped apart and destroyed. But he's like, I'm the surfer, so that doesn't happen to me. Yeah, he sees like glimpses of light, but they disappear like very quickly. Mm-hmm. I guess which leads it's like into the birthing this, and death of this stars. world that he goes to. Mm-hmm. We'll find out why. Yeah. So he goes to this planet because he sees that it's a planet of terror and stuff. It's his world is darkness. I must go to it. <laughs> like Steven said earlier, not on my watch. It's, it's eons <laughs> away. So if other people, they would live like lifetimes before they die. It. Yeah. And then lifetimes again and die <laughs> multiple times. For him, it's just moments. Yeah. I guess because he's, he's, a, the, he's, he's a the surfer. silver surfer. Yeah. He surfs this shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he straight surfed that darkness. He did, for real. So he goes there. Um, he sees this like ominous door. Mm-hmm. And then, like all these other beings that look just gigantic. Yeah, these gigantic galactic-sized beings. Yeah, uh, he offers peace. He's like, I came here. When he lands on it, he's like, it just smells of like rot and decay mm-hmm. and metal. Yeah, and metal. And for some reason, metal. Yeah, it was, well, yeah, it makes sense after this, but yeah. Oh, I guess probably because he's like working or something. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he offers peace. They get in a fight with him. He's like, he's just fighting just to end the fight because he doesn't want to fight. Yeah, and he doesn't want to like harm them really either so he's mm. definitely holding back a lot it's a pretty cool action sequence yeah it's awesome yeah i guess like you said his surfboard i guess is sentient because mm-hmm, it's it is. like 
uses it like a razor or something, mm-hmm. on, like on the wind. Yep. That's what he says, I, I think, at one point. Uh, I think he killed them. I think he killed them. No, that he put them, like, essentially to sleep. Like, he not made him a con- knocked him unconscious okay. when he birthed that son. Yes. That's so awesome. No, but when he conjured a son out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Super Surfer is just like, I'm in this fight, conjures a son, and it, like, shines a light onto this world that was in darkness, and they slumber. Yes, and so, yeah, he leaves him there as a message for anyone that would try and extinguish his light, I guess. Yeah. But it also comes out of cost. His hand turns black. Yeah, his hand, like, turns black, which, Super Surfer Black... Yeah. Now we know why it's called that. Yeah. So hey. I assume at one point he's going to just be completely just swallowed in darkness. That's like what his, I'm assuming. His, his shining light of, of hope mm-hmm. will be extinguished. Yeah, yeah. So he leaves those bodies there. He goes to the door to see what they were like guarding. It turns out that they were like, I guess, fallen gods of like a forgotten pantheon. Yeah, it seems like. So he's ready to beat gods. <laughs> yeah, because gods. Silver Surfer. So what's behind this door, Nick? So the door like opens and he gets like pulled into it. Mm-hmm. And there's like this odd word bubbles. That are not like anything we've had in the, in the issue previously. Oh, it's pretty cool. Like, I forgot when they were talking to him. It's just alien. Yeah, it's alien word bubbles. You can't they, read what they're what saying. What did they say? You can't read it. No, he, he spoke it, though. He translated for it. Oh, I don't remember then. Ugh. Damn it. Why? They said something like they do it for their god or something. I think that sounds familiar, actually. It said something well, like that. I guess their god is Null. Yeah, so Sorcerer gets pulled into the fucking door, and it's Null. Of all beings that could be there, of all characters, it's Null. Standing with his fucking huge-ass sword, and he pulls the surfer in, and it's a, he's essentially like, you've extinguished, you brought light to my darkness, and like, that's not what I wanted. That's what he hates. Yeah, he hates that <laughs> shit. Because if you don't know about Null, he's the only being in all of Marvel that existed before the dawn of time. He's the god of symbiotes. He's the only being that existed before Sorry, the dawn of symbiotes. time. Symbiotes. Do, do you not hear me right now? He's the only being that exists before the dawn of time. I know. Him and the other seven million. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because every series and every comic book ever has a character so that existed before yeah. the dawn of time. But Null existed before this universe was formed, and he lived in total darkness. He totally, he actually existed before the Celestials. Yeah, and he existed in total darkness. And when the light came and this universe was formed, it fucking angered him. And he's been on a mission his whole life ever since then to extinguish that light and return everything back to darkness. That's what Null's about. So Null don't like that Silver Surfer just created a sun over this planet of darkness. Yeah. He's very unhappy. So some Null trivia. Like he said, he exists before everything. And apparently when they first went to the symbiote planet in Guardians of the Galaxy several years ago, that planet was not actually a planet. It was a bunch of symbiotes that were like formed together to imprison Null. Mm-hmm. And I also, that was pretty cool. all the symbiotes are droppings off of Null. Yeah. Every dropping forms like a symbiote. Yeah, and the Necro Sword is one of his weapons that he made, which was first introduced in Thor: God of Thunder, which was such an amazing series. In one of the Thor series, I think it's the the newest one, it may be the one before it. But at the and when we see at the when they see they go forward to the end of time, mm-hmm. and it's God King Thor that is well, it's King Thor that is left, and he is imbued with like the power cosmic and the phoenix force and like something else and the only other being left for him to like duel and fight is fucking loki who's imbued with something else and something he else has the and he has the necro sword and they have a big fight and if like thor wins he's going to like restore everything about the universe that has been lost and if loki wins everything gets destroyed and like of course thor beats him and blah blah blah, blah. but i thought it was really cool that like at the end of time Loki has the Necro Sword. Like yes. that still exists. That's how powerful That's that just thing how is. Power- yeah, I was gonna say yeah. that, that it can contend with Thor with <laughs> Phoenix Force and like cosmic and like, and like Mjolnir and shit, yes. and then the Necro Sword. Unreal, dude. That's shit. So P. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's also the thing about Ghost Rider. He's imbued with the power. He's coated with the power of cosmic. 
Yeah, that's why Hella. Well, he's also dead. That's why Hella straight murked his ass. What surfer? Yeah, yeah. Well, she also, she impaled him on no. Just said Ghost Rider. No, no, no. Silver Surfer is a. He's coated with the oh, yeah. power cosmic. Okay. But yeah, he also dies. He gets impaled on no sword. Yeah. Well, he get, yeah. Well, Not in, in this. In in Galactus wins. He's impaled on Mjolnir. You mean Thanos wins? What is it? Galactus, Galactus wins. wins. Sorry. Yeah. When no, Thanos it's, wins. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's not no. It's Mjolnir. Yeah. He gets impaled on Mjolnir and killed. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fuck the surfer. But yeah, overall, I I really dug this first series, this first issue. Like, oh my god, yes, dude, this was fucking so. incredible. I am so I hyped I would, to read the rest. I thought rest. I would hate this or just not care, but, but no, now it's I'm so super good. excited to keep reading. Hate that the fucking first page says one of five. Oh damn it, really? Yeah. Oh. But it might just be one of five for this arc because the Guardians had one of six, but it was just for that beginning arc. Okay. The final gauntlet. But honestly, I don't know what really are they doing with an ongoing Silver Surfer series right now. Like, what are they really going to do? Like, I don't know enough about the character to know... Uh, if he turns completely black what they completely turns do. evil or something. True, then yeah, we could have that, but I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if this is a mini at all. No. Because it's born out of an event that happened in Guardians. And it's also... Donnie has already spoken and uh, there's like... Donnie Cates has already spoken about how... Uh, or not Donnie Cates. In the Guardians series, they speak about how in like... After the um, last issue is over, it's like well, you can write to the editor or whatever, like letters to the editor... Yeah. Some of that is talking about how Donny Cates has plans to explore uh, the Ghost Riders meeting each other, and he has plans to explore what Wraith is going to go do because he's oh, yeah, on the he hunt for Null. So, what so if we see him I in wouldn't this? be shocked if this we get a five issue mini of this, and then a five issue mini of like the Ghost Rider thing, and a five issue mini of like him looking for Null and has Silver Surfer in it. Like we're probably gonna get. A, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a couple five issue minis that Donny Cates is writing that are all spawned out of the Guardians ongoing. Wouldn't shock me. But That'd be dope. Oh, yeah, I wanted to... I remember myself. I wanted to talk about... So the afterword on this, Donny Cates writes this extremely touching and beautiful um, tribute, I guess, to Stan Lee. We talked about how Silver Surfer, if you didn't know, Stan Lee has said was his favorite creation. Was the Silver Surfer. He loved the Silver Surfer. What, it wasn't Peter Parker? I think Peter Parker's his favorite character. <laughs> okay. Like, it's his favorite superhero, but his favorite creation period is the Surfer. That's what it says. And Donnie remembers, like, reading about that, like, when he was a kid. And it's this whole thing where he talks about how he only met some goosebumps. He only met Stan Lee, like, a few times. He didn't know him very well. He only met him a couple times. But Stan Lee was, like, his hero, you know? Like, he grew up to be a fucking comic book writer, and Donnie Cates is, like, one of the biggest names at Marvel right now. Like, he's in the room where he gets to sit around with, like, the five people that make all the decisions for Marvel Comics. He's one of them. So he's, like, he's made it to what he's wanted to be. And when he was a kid, he went to the signing that Stan Lee was at. And he got out there, like, super early, and, like, there was a ton of people out there waiting, and you had to, like, there was so many people that had to, like, enter a raffle and win a chance, and win, like, a ticket to go and actually get an autograph, and he fucking won one. So we got to go in and meet Stan Lee and had him sign his book, and he told Stan, he's, like, and he's, like, so nervous when he's talking to him, he's, like, you know, like, I respect, like, and he's a kid, and he's, like, I respect everything you've done, I love everything you've done, like, I could never thank you enough for what you have given me, and Stan just said, sure you can, you can try. And so then Donnie said, and here it is. Here's me trying, Stan. Thank you very much. And this Silver Super Series is him trying to thank Stan Lee. That's awesome. I was like, holy fuck, that's beautiful. That is really cool. Yeah, dude. <sighs> Ended on a down note right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's very, very like bittersweet. Yeah, dude, I'm just I'm like tearing up a little bit. Like, man, that was so beautiful. So Donny Cates is gonna put his fucking all onto this this Super Series. Well, it's gonna be tell. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can already tell. It's gonna be incredible, dude. I cannot wait for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this might this is up there with. Uh, does the dark. Dude, yeah, Odyssey. one issue in, and I'm already like, this is one of my favorite ones we're reading already. <laughs> like, this is incredible. 
I'm loving it. I mean, I, we're not. There's nothing we're reading that I, I actually dislike. I'm dislike. limiting myself to like six things. I'm gonna pull this, but I'm, I have to add this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can see why. Super, super black. It's fucking incredible so far. I'm just glad I bought this just on a whim. I was like, I'll yeah. just have it on the show. <laughs> and probably won't give a right shit about the series. I'll probably give it to them. I was like, well, this is great. No, <laughs> I'm not giving this to those idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta keep this shit. Yeah, I like this cover a lot more than like the the normal one that we got, which is just like just his face and everything else is like black. Oh, I like that. Very simple. Makes <laughs> I sense. Know. I guess. Oh, we'll say, like, also the page was, like, it's just, like, him stepping, like, over the page was very weird. Yeah, yeah, where it's all, like, everything's kind of starting to get contorted, and he's stepping mm-hmm. over it, yeah. He was, like, all shredded and shit, too. Him going through, oh, yeah, he's jacked. Yeah. He has, like, a fucking eight-pack. <laughs> <laughs> he has a super super pack. A cosmic, a <laughs> power cosmic eight-pack. <laughs> <laughs> power cosmic abs, let's go. <laughs> That sounds like a good workout regime. It does. <laughs> power cosmic. <laughs> silver super power cosmic workout. <laughs> Any uh, normal man will die doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did survive a black hole. He survived a lot more than that. Yeah. We're going to see if he can survive Noel. Oh. I or mean, if Noel can survive him. I'm not sure which one is supposed to be. He survived in the Noel's other. Noel's primordial, so. Yeah, I mean, he did exist outside like of reality. Silver Surfer's power is still somewhat limited, I guess. I guess because he is like ultimately I mean, the herald of Galactus. Hand. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm excited to see what the hell like where the series goes. I am too. Yeah. I'm excited to see the Galactus shows up. Yeah. Uh, he is the herald. Maybe he'll just come eat that planet and kill I mean, them they're, all. Pr- they're pretty much like always like in each other's stories at some point, aren't they? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's got to be. All right. Well, I hope this doesn't lead to Franklin Wizards being involved at all. <laughs> Cause he like he put Galactus in like a pocket dimension. He's like his pet. Like he did that at one point to him. It's like man, fuck Franklin Richards. So what's he doing now? I have no idea. Couldn't tell you. Okay. I, I don't read Fantastic Four series, so I have no idea what Galactus or any of them are Yeah, I don't. I'm not a huge Fantastic Four fan. They're all right, I guess, but I don't seek out their series to read them. No, not really. Me yeah. either. Like I'll uh, watch the movies, but they make for like the new Marvel ones for sure. Didn't Johnny Blaze was it? Wasn't he at the end of the Guardian Six? Like when um, Cosmic Ghost Riders and well. Yeah, Frank when, Castle's in when hell. he Cosmic Ghost melted away to be in Frank, and then he like got sent to hell. Johnny Blaze walks up on him. He's like, "Let's have a race." Like, what are you doing here? He's like, "I'm Johnny Blaze. You want a race?" Yeah, Donnie's gonna explore Why is what Blaze goes on in there. Hell? <laughs> because it's the fucking Ghost Rider. Johnny Blaze, though. Oh, that's <laughs> sorry. I'm thinking of what Johnny Storm. Yeah, Johnny Storm's Human Torch. Okay. Yeah, you're totally confused right now. I yeah, very, Johnny yeah. Blaze is Ghost Rider. That's why he's in hell. Why but... am I on this cast? <laughs> 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 yeah, Johnny. <laughs> Johnny Storm is the Human Torch. Okay. Yeah. Johnny Storm is Sue Storm. That's okay. the invisible one. All right. They're so brother and sister. So do you think Frank Castle and Johnny Blaze are going to have a race to see who gets to be Ghost Rider, I guess? I hope they do, and I hope they also pull in the third Ghost Rider to race with them, Robbie Reyes. Okay. That'd be dope. Speaking of that, I said it on the last episode, but I'm saying it again to you. Hulu is developing a Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider live action series, and the guy that played Robbie Reyes in S.H.I.E.L.D. is coming back to play him on that show. I think there's a Cosmic Ghost Rider comic series that's out. There is, but Donnie didn't write it. Uh, there's also a current Thanos series out right now somehow that Donnie's not writing. Yeah, I've seen like Child Gamora like on both yeah. covers. Thanos is dead, so I don't know how he has a series right now. It has to be past stuff or something, or an alternate Thanos or some shit yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. He died twice now. He dies. Oh yeah, he's died a bunch of times. So. <laughs> he's fucking Thanos, so I'm sure he's still around. He's also in a black hole with Hela, so how are they gonna get out? They yeah, I don't know. They don't have Cosmic Go- or they don't have uh, Silver Surfer. No, but it's Hela. <laughs> yeah. Probably just teleport to her dimension. Just teleport to her dimension or some shit. I wouldn't doubt it. Go to hell and come back. Bring back Thanos. That's how Surfer's going to end. I mean, the fact that Thanos' body is with her clearly means that, like, 
Well, the body gonna... exploded, but the fact that Hello's probably still alive means that that quest isn't going to stop. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's also Thanos. He's going to come back at some point. I mean, he has to be Thanos. Yeah. He can't be gone forever. Someone probably someone else will get the Infinity Stone, snap them back in, and he'll be like, all right, thank you. <laughs> He's like, oh, thanks for these, and then snap them away. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have no doubt that that's how that will happen. You're Thanos a piece of shit. <laughs> all right, any other notes you want to end this on? Nope. Just right. that I don't like you and you're fat. That's how I feel about you Facts. guys. <laughs> that's how I feel about everyone that watches this. <laughs> no, right. I think that's it. All right, thanks for watching. If if you're still here yep. by the end of this, we fucking greatly appreciate it. Yeah, we just rambled about I can't fucking bullshit. myself for this long. <laughs> we appreciate you tuning in and checking us out once again. Make sure you hit up all the Omega Level social medias. Like them, subscribe to them, send us some comments. Comment on the video below what you think about these series. Comment, um, let us know what movies you want to see us review in the future and talk about. And uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in and listening or watching. Race me and crash. Nope. I'm all Swamp Thing.